Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that although we are simply a sinner who comes to you in need of being saved, you save us and you make us new. And so, Lord, we thank you for your mercy, for your compassion, for your grace in our lives. And we pray that you would bless us, that you would help us day by day. And, Lord, as we dive into your word, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you. We pray that your spirit would truly speak to us and that you would help us to respond. And so, Lord, be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. During this time of COVID-19, many of us have spent more time at home than we normally would have in the past. And spending time more at home, there have been reports that a lot of people have now used some of this time to do some renovations to their homes, to do some maintenance jobs that they've been putting off or repairs or updates simply because they have a little bit more time being at home with the different things being closed. Well, maybe you're one of those people who have taken advantage of some extra time being home and have done some maintenance jobs that you have put off or repairs or updates, renovations, different things that you have wanted to do for many years. Well, maybe you've done it. Maybe you're still waiting to do it. For me personally, I used some of my vacation time last year to do some renovations because there simply was nowhere to go, and so I decided that I was going to do some of those things. Now, during that time of renovation, I learned quite a bit about using tools and renovating. Things that I didn't know before or tools that I didn't really know what their use was for, and so it taught me quite a bit. It also taught me that going through renovations means that you often have to endure a lot of mess before you actually get to the finished product, right? There's a lot of mess that you have to go through in order to get the desired result. As I reflect on the renovations that I personally went through and a lot of you have told me that you have done as well, I find myself thinking about the things that are necessary in renovating our lives. It's good to renovate our homes, but I compare our homes to our lives, where we live, where we dwell, where God, our, the Spirit, dwells, and how important it is for us to constantly do maintenance and repairs in our life and in our heart to make sure that we're keeping up with God's standards and what He desires for us to have. And so this morning, today, we are going to do some renovations. It's time to renovate. Well, one of the first things that's important to do when you're renovating is to sort through and to declutter your space. It's very important that you sort through what you have already and to declutter what's there. You see, you can't make much improvements if there's no space to make them. You can't make improvements if it's jam-packed, full with things, and there's no space for you to even make those improvements and those changes. Maybe some of you have 
pushed all the old stuff, the things that you've held on for many years, and you've pushed it sort of maybe to the back of the closet or to a room in your house, and you've never really gotten around to sorting through it or going through and seeing what needs to be thrown out, what's good, what can be kept, what really needs to be donated or thrown out. Those kind of things add up. They accumulate very quickly. And I tend to call those things old stuff. So this is our old stuff box. This box represents all the old stuff in your life. You know, we often pack all that old stuff and in a cardboard box and we put it in the basement, we put it in a corner of the room, and we say, we're going to get to it one day, right? We're, we're going to use that one day. It's going to be useful. Well, this box represents all that old stuff that we've built up, accumulated, and have stored in our life. And it's important for us to sort through and to declutter that old stuff. And just like how it's important for us to do that for the things that we have in our home, it's important that we do that for the things that we have in our life. And to help us to renovate our life, number one, we need to prioritize things and put God first. Prioritize things in your life and put God first. It's important that we sort through the different things in our life and take inventory of those things that demand our time and what we tend to focus the most on. And there are so many things that we can easily get caught up spending our time, our energy, and our effort on. There are so many things that demand our time, and whether that's working long hours or or babysitting and taking care of your children. Whether you spend your time binge watching episodes on Netflix or spending hours on the phone catching up with your loved ones. Whether you spend hours scrolling through social media to see what's going on in people's lives or exercising, grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, going here, going there. There are so many things that we spend our time on, and most of which are important and good and we need to do. But we also need to make sure that we prioritize the things that are important, that we put first and we make sure that we make time for those things that are important. I've heard many people say, well, I just don't have the time to do that. I just don't have enough time to get that done or to do this or to do that. The truth is that we have time and we make time to do what's important to us. That we make the time and we spend the time doing what's important to us. I want to challenge you as you renovate your life to make things a top priority, and especially making God your top priority. Start prioritizing the Lord and set aside parts of your day, the best parts of your day, to spend with him. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 tells us, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Basically, what this verse is telling us is to love God with all that we are, with everything, with our mind, our soul, our strength, our heart, every piece of our being, we are to love the Lord. And when you truly love something, 
you make it a priority. When you truly love spending time with someone or love doing something, you make it a priority in your life. May we sort through all of the things that demand our time, all of that old stuff, all of the things that take up our energy and our focus and start to make God our priority. You see, God not only wants to be our priority, but he expects to be our priority. In fact, he tells us in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, that you shall have no other gods before me that you shall have no other gods before me. And even though we may not worship some other statue or being, our gods can be the things that we spend our time on. And so God wants us to make him a top priority in our lives. I want to also encourage you in this time to use it, to sort through things that you may have been holding onto that simply have no place anymore in your life. Things that you're holding on to that you haven't let go of. All that old stuff in the box that you may have just pushed to the corner of the room in your heart and have left there. May you sort through and get rid of the anger and bitterness that you've been holding on to. May you sort through and get rid of the jealousy or the hatred that you've had towards someone, the unforgiveness or the unconfessed sin. May you get rid of all of those things and realize that box doesn't belong there anymore. Get rid of all of those things. You see, in order to clean up and to renovate your life, to bring it up to the standard God wants it at, you're going to need to ask him to help you to get rid of those things. Some of us have more boxes than others, and we often need some help getting rid of those things. God stands there wanting to help us, wanting to help prioritize and clean up our lives, and he also wants us to put him first. I read a post last night that said, trying to hurt me by bringing up my past is like trying to rob my old house. I don't live there anymore. That ain't my stuff. <laughs> you see, when we've gotten rid of those things, we don't have to worry about them constantly coming up and coming back into our lives when we've truly gotten rid of it. Another thing that we need to make sure that we get rid of and put aside and throw out are some of our past behaviors and things that we've continually done that we need to stop doing. And I mean by saying this verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, we're reminded, as the scripture says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I set aside childish ways. You see, unfortunately, there are many people and, and maybe even some of you who have held on to some of your childish ways, who have held on to some things that you have done in the past that you need to stop doing, that you simply need to stop doing and to let go of. If you are a husband or a wife, it's time to start acting like one and to take your responsibilities as a husband and a wife seriously. If you're a parent, it's time that you make sure that you're taking your responsibility as a parent seriously, taking care of your child or your children. That is your responsibility. 
If you're a young adult living at home with your family and you're working, it's time that you need to start contributing to the bills. You need to make sure that you are contributing as well. It's time to put the childish things aside and put them behind us and to make sure that we are doing what we need to do. Sort through, declutter, and put God first. Get rid of all that old stuff that you've been holding on to and make sure that God is at the center of it all. Something that I did that maybe not a lot of people do is replace all my, excuse me, replace all my electrical covers plates. Is that what they're called, electrical switch cover plates? Is that, is that what they're called? Okay. So, I don't know. That's what I call them. So, so you know, in your home, you, you have a lot of these. And, and some of you, you know, especially if you've moved into a previously owned home, you may have never touched any of these or had to change them. But when I first went into our new place, I noticed that there were a lot of, you know, broken ones, mix-matched ones, uh, different colors. Some had been painted on. You know, some were crooked. And I just thought to myself, these need to be replaced. Anthony, these just need to go. I, I can't look at this. I like them to be all uniformed, all the same, nice clean ones. They're not very expensive. But you know the challenge in having to replace all of these is that you need to go and count how many you need right? And some of them have the two, you know, the light switches have, some of them have four, some of them have two. So you need to take an inventory and to look at what you have and what you need. So it's important that you count how many you need, you have, uh, so that you know how many you will need to purchase. So I went around counting and seeing how many of them I needed to buy in order to replace the covers. And as I was counting, you know, even though aesthetically some of them were not pleasing to look at because they were broken or cracked or damaged, you know, I thought to myself, even though this is a negative thing because they're all cracked and broken and I have to replace them, by counting them, I was blessed. And you know why I was blessed? Because I realized I had a lot of electrical outlets, which is always a good thing, right? You need electrical outlets. It's a good thing. Counting my electrical outlets switch plates caused me to say, count your blessings, not your problems. Count your blessings, not your problems. You see, it's so easy for us to focus on all the problems we have in our life, all of the negative things that are happening, all the issues that are going on. And I'm not saying that those things are not important because a lot of them are. A lot of them are very important with what's going on in your life and your life and my life. But it's important for us not to only focus on all of the negative things. We can easily start to be so consumed and bombarded with all of those negative things and all of the things that are going wrong in our life and all the issues and problems we have. I can't see my friends and family. I can't go out to my favorite restaurant. I can't travel or go on vacation. My company is laying people off. My kids have to stay home and do school online and more and more different things that we constantly have to face now in this time. And there's no doubt that this pandemic has caused a lot more problems and issues for us than 
we've probably had before. And the problems and issues that we face are all valid and they're all important. But the bigger problem is when we choose to only focus on the problems and not on the one who can solve them. When we only choose to focus on the problems in front of us and we forget about all of the things that God has done for us and the fact that he is still at work. How often do we stop to count our blessings, as the songwriter says, to name them one by one, to focus on all of the good things that God has done? The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 103, verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Or as another version of the Bible says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. May you never forget the good things that God has done for you. May you never forget that even in the face of problems and issues, that God is still good and he is still at work and he will do it again. He has been faithful and he is faithful and he will continue to be faithful. And so may you look at your problems and also know that you have a God who is able to solve them. You see, despite the issues that surround us, we can choose to look at the one who was, is, and always will be faithful and remember what he has done. A simple statement, but is so true, is that attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. You see, our attitude can affect our mindset. It can affect our actions. It can affect how we handle the situation and even the outcome or the results of the situation. Your attitude can affect your outcome. It can affect what happens. Look at this. The Israelites were in the desert. They were wandering for 40 years, and they constantly grumbled and complained about their situation. They constantly complained about this, about that, about this, about that. And so unfortunately, because of their attitude and their grumbling and their complaining and the, being unfaithful and trusting God, Many of them in that generation died out and never got to actually see the promised land. Their attitude affected their outcome. Look at this. Paul and Silas were thrown in prison because they had done the right thing. Okay, they, they had done the right thing and they were thrown in prison. And in prison, they chose to sing hymns of praise and to pray to God. And because of their attitude, not only were they released from prison by a supernatural miracle, but that jailer became saved because he saw their faith in God and their attitude. Your attitude can affect your outcome. Our attitude is so important. We may not be able to handle or to control all the problems and issues that come our way, and oftentimes we can't. But what we can control is our attitude toward the situation and how we choose to react to it. Our attitude is very important. And may you choose to have the right attitude to trust God and to know that he is faithful and he will do it again. Amen. Well, 
One of the most common updates that many people make when renovating their house and, and uh, changing things in their home is painting. How many of you like to paint? Oh, some of you do like to paint, okay. I wonder where you were when I needed you. <laughs> so painting, this is something that a lot of people do in order to change the look of their home because it's something that, you know, you don't need to break down walls and, you know, buy too much stuff to do. Painting is very important because it gives new life to the room. It rejuvenates the color, uh, a faded wall or one that has lots of holes on it that's been patched up, can be painted to look like a brand new wall. To me, paint gives a clean a slate, a clean slate for a fresh start for you to be able to do what you want with that wall and to give it new life. In the same way that we put on a fresh coat of paint, a new coat of paint on our walls, may we also give ourselves, may you give yourself a fresh start and move on from the past. In renovating your life, give yourself a fresh start and move on from the past that you have faced. Having a fresh start enables us to write, rewrite our story. It enables us to change the course that we are on. You see, when I first looked at the walls in our place, I thought, I don't want that color. I don't want that hole there. I don't want that nail there. And so I needed a fresh new coat of paint. I needed all those holes to be filled and for it to just be a clean new slate for me to do what I want with it, to start new memories and to do what I pleased with it. We can have the same mentality when it comes to our life. When it comes to our life and our past, that God can give us a fresh new start. He can give us a clean slate. You see, God wants to give us that clean slate by us coming to him and praying and confessing our sin. And he wants to make us new. He wants to do something new in each one of us. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is doing a new thing in your life. He is doing a fresh new thing. And we just need to look to him and ask him to help us. He is the God of the second, the fourth, the tenth, the twentieth, the hundredth chance. He continuously gives us another chance and another chance and another chance. He wants to give us a fresh start by helping us to be released from the things of our past, to be able to move forward. You see, you can have a fresh start. You can put on that new coat of paint and have that fresh start in your life. A fresh start maybe from a childhood that you don't want to remember. A fresh start from alcohol problems that you've experienced. A fresh start from drug addictions that you've battled with over the past. A fresh start from those who have hurt you or that relationship that just didn't work out the way you thought it would. You can have a fresh start from that job that laid you off or that business 
that just didn't succeed. You are able to have a fresh start. God is doing something new. And we can be so stuck looking in the rearview mirror of our life instead of looking at the big windshield that's in front of us and to see what is ahead and the new thing that God is doing. He wants to release us from our past, our hurts, our failures, our regrets. He wants to release us from all of that. And it starts with us coming to him and asking him to make us new and give us that fresh new start. Well, when it comes to renovating as well, one of the tools that I have found um, as like a staple in, in, you know, having it in your toolbox or your home, and I actually own my own now, Anthony, is, yeah, is a measuring tape. <laughs> That's important, right? It's important to have a measuring tape. And a measuring tape obviously is used to measure something, to measure things, to whether it's to see if you have enough space or how much space is in between or if a piece of furniture will fit or won't fit or how long a wall is. You know, whatever it is that you're using it for, measuring is important. And in renovating, it's important to stretch out your measuring tape to make sure that you get an accurate measurement. In the same way, as we renovate our lives, may you choose to aim to measure up to God's standards. May you choose to measure up to God's standards for what he desires and wants you to be and to do. You see, unintentionally sometimes, we compare ourselves to other people. Whether we realize it or not, we see someone and, you know, we, we may subconsciously uh, compare ourselves to them, whether if it's their looks or if they're successful or, you know, what they may have or not have. And so we do it sometimes without even realizing it. The person that we should aim to compare ourselves to and to be more and more like every day is Jesus to be more and more like him. You see, his standard is the one that we should choose to try to aim to measure up to. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 tells us, imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. Imitate him, be like him, continue to, to do what is important, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You see, we are to imitate his actions, to be more and more like him. You may notice that your young children or grandchild sometimes mimic or imitate what they see or what they hear. Whether it's they say a phrase that you have said or they do some kind of action that you have done. They are watching and they are imitating. They are doing what you do. And the person that we should strive to imitate and to be like is Christ in our lives. May we aim to be more and more like him in every area of our life, to forgive the way that he forgives, to show mercy and compassion the way that he 
shows mercy and compassion. To give generously without expecting anything in return and to love without conditions or boundaries. May we choose to be more and more like him. Well, when it comes to renovating your home, after you've moved in, I'm sure, like me, you don't want the previous owners coming back to visit, right? You don't want them coming back when you're out and letting themselves in because they still have the key to the door, right? You don't want them to have access to that. You want to make sure that the person who lived there before no longer comes back into your home to have access. And so what you need to do in renovating is to change your locks. You need to get new locks to change the key to not give access to them anymore. In the same way, as we renovate our lives, as we change the locks of our heart, may we remember to not give access anymore to sin, old habits, or people who have caused us to stumble. May we change the locks of our heart and, and as we begin to clean things up, as we begin to change things, as the Lord continues to work in us, it's important for us to beware of those bad habits, of those previous sins, of the people who have caused us to be led astray and to stumble and fall because they can easily find their way back into our lives and creep back in. Change the locks of your heart and ask the Lord to guard your heart and your mind and keep it set on him and on the things above. And when you have finally broken free from the past, stop living in it. Stop living in the past. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 tells us, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithful love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. The Lord tells us to run from things that cause us to sin. And in the same way, there are certain people that have been in your life that has caused you to stumble, to fall, to lead you astray. And you realize that they're only causing you to get further and further away from the Lord instead of closer and closer where you should be. So not only does this apply to sin and, and bad habits, but maybe this means in changing the locks of your heart, maybe that means stop allowing and giving access to people who are causing you to sin. People who are causing you to sin and who keep hurting you and leading you astray. And I want you to understand that this is not the same thing as not forgiving because I'm all about forgiving. And it's important to forgive people who have done wrong to us and who have hurt us. But that also does not mean that in forgiving you need to now give them access once again to your life. It's important for us to use wisdom. If there is a specific person who is causing you to sin over and over again, maybe that means that this is the time to cut them off and to tell them that you can't hang out with them anymore, that you can't do things with them, that you can't give them access to your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. 
Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. You see, we don't want bad company anymore. We want good company. We want people who will not cause us to sin, but people who will encourage our relationship with Christ. People who will help us to draw closer and closer to the Lord. And so don't continue to give sin and old habits and certain people access to your life once that you have changed the locks of your heart. You see, the only one who has your key is you. You are the one who determines who has access to your heart. And may you choose to give that ownership of your heart over to Jesus, who will handle it with care, who will guard your heart and who will protect it, who will stand on guard and he will take control. Will you give him access to your heart and full control? Not too many people enjoy renovating for the fact that it takes time, it costs money, there's a lot of energy and effort involved. You have to endure a lot of mess and there's a lot that goes on in the process. And the process often gets messy before you can see the results. And maybe you've never done any renovations in your life before. Maybe you've never invited the ultimate contractor, Jesus, into your life, into the heart of your home, and asked him to help to change things. Today could be that day where you say, Lord, come into my life, take control, start the renovation process of my heart, begin renovating and making the necessary changes that I need. Today can be that day. Or maybe... For others of you, you've done renovations in your life in the past. You've done things in the past and asked the Lord to help in different ways. But maybe it's been a while since you've done some necessary maintenance or repairs. Maybe it's been a while since you've asked the Lord to help to do some of those necessary maintenance jobs or repairs. And so maybe today you need to say, Lord, Come and continue the work that you have already started. Continue to bring about the necessary results and changes that I need to make. Continue to do what is necessary for me to live up to the standard that you desire me to live at. And maybe for others of you, today you need to simply say, Lord, help me. Help me to get rid of that old stuff. Help me, Lord, to prioritize the things in my life and to put you first. Help me to count my blessings and not my problems. Maybe you need to say, Lord, help me to get a fresh start and to forget about the past and to move on. Help me to aim to measure up to your standards or simply help me change the, the key and the lock to my heart. Whatever it is today, as you renovate, may you strive to make your lives and your hearts and your relationship with Christ better than before. One of the big retailers who sell home improvement products, their slogan is never stop improving. And in the same way, as you renovate your life and ask you ask God to help you, may you truly never stop improving in your relationship with the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. 
We thank you that you are the God of the second, third, fourth, fifth, the endless chances. We thank you that you are able to come and to help to renovate our lives and to change and to transform and to make new. Lord, we know that there are certain things that we cannot do on our own, and so we won't even try. And so, God, may you reach out to each person who is joining us online today, and may you help them to start to make the changes that are necessary, the changes that we need to be more and more like you, the changes to glorify you in all that we do and all that we are to bring honor and glory to you. And so, Lord, may you speak to your people and may you help us indeed to be changed, to be transformed, to be renewed, and may you guard our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.